Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Fitter and Faster Coaches Corner. I'm your host, as always, Mike Murray. Today, I have with me uh, a very special guest from the junior college coaching ranks, but has coached all over the country in many different capacities. The head coach of Iowa Central Community College, Joe Plain. Joe, welcome to Coach's Corner. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm really appreciative to have you uh, let me be on here today. Well, we're excited to have you, man. And, you know, one thing that we've done with some of our guests, uh, and, and uh, it's kind of a new iteration here at Coach's Corner, but talk to me about your office. What's happening in there? What do we got in the background? Oh, goodness. Uh, my, so my office used to be the printer room, so it's really not much of an office. It's smaller than most kids' dorm rooms. Yeah, you see some flags there in the background. Um, uh, we've had kids from, I think it's 16 different countries uh, come to school here. Um, I actually have, um, I'm adding two, two new ones. We got Guatemala coming here in the spring or in the fall. Um, and Russia was supposed to be here this year, but COVID shut him down. Uh, so he'll be coming. So we're adding two more. So, you know, I want to highlight our, our, our diversity. Uh, obviously we get a lot of Midwest kids and trying to spread out. We do have a kid from Alaska this year and we've had kids from as far away as Florida and Texas and Pennsylvania, but yeah, we've, we've, we've been lucky to have quite a few kids trust us to come from other countries and get their college swimming career uh, started. And then uh, the goal is to help push them on and, and find the, the best fit after, after that. It, pretty remarkable school that you're a part of, Joe. We, we mentioned pre-production that there are 1,300 kids on campus, and I think you said 1,000 of them are athletes. So fair to say that the athletic culture at junior college is alive and healthy. It is for sure, most definitely here at Iowa Central. Um, we are the largest athletic department in the country for two-year schools. Uh, we have 31 sports, and they run the full gamut. We have 175 kids on the football team. Uh, we have sport shooting, which is national champions. We have bowling, which is national champions, cheer, dance, golf, rodeo, which sends people off to be professional rodeo uh, participants, I guess. For sure, and that, that started... Uh, my wife went to school here, actually. She was part of the first uh, soccer team, and uh, that was, you know, 20-some years ago. So they started doing that as a way to kind of bolster numbers a little bit, and we have a full-on, um, I told you before I talk a lot, but uh, we have a full campus experience that's a lot different than what some people might uh, have experienced from a community college. It's not just a bunch of buildings in a downtown setting. We have full-on dorms, and, and, and yeah, like I said, 1,300 kids live on campus. Around 1,000 of those are athletes. And so seeing the Iowa Central logo on, on gear, walking across campus all the time is pretty special. It sounds like you almost have a big university division one athletic program happening at a relatively small school. And to take it a step farther, not just a small school, but a junior college. And you really look at your position from what I can tell and the little I know about you, but I've been following you for a while, of cultivating and developing athletes to take that next step. So talk a little bit about what your philosophy is programmatically at Iowa Central. In the recruiting process, it's one of the first things that I tell the kids is this is college athletics. It's not high school 2.0. Um, it's not come and go as you please. It's, it's not, you know, I'm, I'm not a big uh, patch on the back and tell you, hey, good job if you didn't do a good job. So um, they're going to come in and they're going to have some pretty darn high expectations for me um, from what we're doing athletically and the same academically. You know, we do get a, get a lot of kids that come in and that's part of the reason they come is they struggled academically. They need to get their, their feet under them 
and get those grades up to where they can become eligible and, and then move on to the next step. But um, that's a big thing that I try to sell to the kids is obviously I want you to come here and I'm going to, I'm going to push you and we're going to try to swim as fast as possible and get those grades up. You know, in many ways, my job is more difficult than a four-year uh, coach because I'm recruiting them in to swim for me, but I'm also assisting with that transition to the other way. Uh, you know, I'm in my 24th year coaching. So I've got a lot of coaches that I know and have had experience with. And so I reach out to them and, and try to find the right fit for the kids. You know, it's the school's got to fit them for what their major is. The, the coach's personality has to fit. You know, we're not all the right fit for every swimmer. And so uh, we got to find those, those, you know, some kids, they need the hard, hardcore guys. Some, some kids are more intrinsic and they need someone who's kind of, um, you know, nurture them a little bit more than maybe some other guys do or, or, and, and women. So that's, that's one thing I take very seriously is trying to find the kids the right fit to move on. And, and that's the goal. And we're in our, I'm in my fifth year. This is our sixth year back as a program. We had a little lull. Um, there was five years before that. And so I actually just recently put together a list of kids that had moved on and swam at a four-year school. And, um, and, and I want to keep making that list longer and longer. That is the goal. Um, now, on the side of that also, you know, as a community college, we have a lot of majors that a four-year school doesn't have, and, and that turns some kids on, right? I've got kids that come for radiology. Um, that's going to be a two- or three-year program, and they're going to go to work, so they're not going to go and swim for four years. Uh, we have automotive. Kids come in, they want to go and be a mechanic, and, you know, that's a two-year program, and they can go and go to work. So we've got both things where they can come and get a, a BA and, and transfer on, and then we've got things where they can get an AA or an AAS or something like that and they can get into the workforce. And so um, those kids, and that's the nice selling point about a junior college is those kids that really don't wanna go and sit in class all the time, they still can swim for at least two more years in a college setting, get those experiences, and then go on and go to work. And whereas, you know, going to University of Minnesota, let's say, well, that, they don't have automotive for me. So I don't really wanna go there. So I'm not gonna swim or whatever. I'm so glad that you touched on that because culturally for such a long time, parents and coaches, we viewed our job and our role to get those kids to the four-year college. Our, our uh, entire American educational landscape is changing all the time. And this day and age, boy, you take a look at the price tag of a lot of the four-year schools, you know, I think parents are more open now to say, hey, listen, going to go to junior college you know the tuition is going to be substantially less and then we can talk about transferring great grades good experience good maturation that's happened over those two years and maybe now we can apply to an ivy league school we can swim at a pac 10 school we can look at a big 10 school so it's just such a new opportunity i think in the landscape of what uh parents and teachers have thought about in terms of development for their their children and their athletes Talk about how you tap into that a little bit. You mentioned some of the programs that a lot of people are interested in, but talk about how you're using that, that evolutionary shift in education to your advantage. Well, the financial piece is huge. You know, I, and I, pe people ask me all the time, you know, I talked about the, the international kids and they're like, how do you get all these international kids to come to Fort Dodge, Iowa, right? And, and, and honestly, you know, it's been only a small handful that I approached. A lot of them, they, they hire these recruiters in their home countries, and those recruiters will then email me and say, hey, I got this kid. These are their times. And, you know, what do you think? And, and this is their budget. And sometimes I laugh. You know, they tell me their budget. I'm like, 
you're not going to swim anywhere if you're if you're going to stick to this kind of budget. I mean, you know, my thing, and I, you know, I always cut swimming, but I always use that as the as the example. You know, for me, a, a first year kid right now coming in for this school year, international is seventeen thousand, and that's all in. Okay, so seventeen thousand. That's tuition for twelve to eighteen credits. That's room and board, um, and that's emergency medical insurance for the international kids. Okay, seventeen thousand. University of Iowa is $50,000, you know, and that's before whatever else, but we know that scholarships aren't just being thrown around and, and people aren't getting a, a $30,000 scholarship. So that's part of it. I, I do kind of laugh to my wife quite a bit when people are like, oh, I've got a $5,000 budget. I'm like, I mean, you're not getting that for me. So I don't know, <laughs> you know, and so th there are some places they can choose to go or whatever, but obviously financially is, you know, is tight for a lot of people around the world. Um, you know, and I, I've had kids come from places that are in major disarray, Venezuela for one, you know, there, um, I had a boy come to me from Venezuela from the time he started to the time he started his sophomore year. So in one school year, and, and this is going to sound funny, but it was a million percent inflation, not a million times, a million percent inflation. And, and I, he said that to me and I'm like, I'm a math guy. I'm like, let me double check this. And he, and he was right. It was a million percent inflation. So the cost of, of sending them here went up by that amount, you know, and just imagine if they're trying to spend $50,000 a year, right? And, and so that's definitely part of it is that we can definitely get you through two years a lot cheaper than somewhere else. You know, I do have a little bit of scholarship money so I can bring that cost down and um, some of the better swimmers get close to half, you know, so that's, you know, it's still pretty good. If you can go to two years of school and you're only spending, you know, $9,000 a year, that's pretty good in this day and age, right? When you're talking about room and board too. I mean, it's everything. It's tuition, it's living in an apartment on campus and it's food for 19 meals a week. So that's definitely part of it. And, and then, you know, and people ask for guarantees. I'm like, I can't guarantee anything after you leave me, but I guarantee you I'll fight for you and I'll do my best for you. And, you know, I had a girl come from France and, and she's a sophomore this year. And lo and behold, she just got offered this amazing scholarship and, and, you know, you know, we're all like crying that she got this amazing scholarship that she's going to be able to continue on next year and her, as a junior. And, uh, you know, I've had, had boys come in that, um, you know, they, they had very little options and they chose me and, and they trusted me. And, um, and then we're able to turn that into some pretty darn good scholarships. I got a boy at Lewis University right now who's paying less at Lewis than he paid here because of coming here and developing and getting faster and um, and I think, I think uh, my boy Marcelo is about the same thing. He chose us financially and swam really fast. I mean, he went 16.02 in the mile on two days rest as a freshman. That's pretty darn good, I think. Um, and now he's at Missouri S&T pursuing his, his degree in, in mechanical engineering. Obviously, S&T is an amazing engineering school. And, and that was an opportunity he didn't have before coming here. So that's part of the things I try to sell him on is I, can, I can't promise you anything other than I'm going to give you my best. But if you trust me and you do the work, chances are pretty darn good that we're going to find you a good fit and you're probably going to be able to spend less money, you know, than you would have anyway. Plus, you know, 100% you're saving money in the first two years. All right. So I'm putting my parent hat on for a minute. And the first question that I'm going to ask you, coach, is if my son or daughter is going to attend school here, will they get the team experience that, that we sometimes seek in division one, major division one swimming? I, I laughed when he started to ask that question because I think my kids get that more than anybody. Um, so our apartments, 
you know, the traditional housing that, that kids go to a four-year school, you know, I went to four-year school right away and, and I've been to many over my 24 years of coaching plus, you know, camps and stuff when I was a younger kid. And traditionally, right, you got a 10 by 12 block room with two beds in it and two closets and you're sharing a bathroom on the hallway. I mean, that's traditional housing, right? And some places have the suites where there's a bathroom in between the two rooms and uh, and that's the majority of what you're going to see, right? My kids have an apartment and it's that's not special for swimming or even special for athletics. We have 16 buildings on campus uh, full of 12 apartments per building um, that are four to five kids per apartment. It's a full living room. It's a full kitchen. And I'm not talking um, an apartment size, size kitchen or apartment size stove or something. It's a full four burner electric stove. It's a full size refrigerator. Um, and they've got plug-in internet and cable in both bedrooms plus the living room. Um, so, and I put all my kids together. So that's a room of swimmers. This year, because of COVID, my kids are all in one building. Normally they're spread, spread out a little bit. Um, so they are in different places, but you know, they'll have, they'll, they'll do their own dinners, right? They'll, they'll do a pasta dinner where one room will make pasta for the team and the kids will kind of cycle through and do a pasta dinner the night before a home meet. A couple weeks ago, now it ended up being a bad thing because we got some COVID issues from it, but a couple weeks ago, the kids all went sledding. Um, they went together, they carpooled, and they went sledding together. Um, a few years back, you know, and it's, it's fun because they share these things with me too. It's one of the nice things with uh, we use WhatsApp to do a group chat so that I can text the kids easily. They'll send me the pictures of what they're doing, right? So we had a kid have a birthday and it was three quarters of the team. This is a couple of years ago, so we didn't have to worry about the closeness and things, but um, they all went to the local restaurant and they celebrate his birthday with them. And it was literally three quarters of the team. One pretty great thing, you know, our school itself is very, very family oriented. Um, when I give a, a campus tour to a kid, you know, I'm going to have professors and other coaches and other kids that I, I teach as well. They're going to see me and say, hey, coach. And so they're going to see this interaction as I'm walking through campus. But so I being that family atmosphere, I can also reserve just about any room I want, includes, including big, big auditoriums if they're not being used. Um, so we have this thing called the BHS auditorium that's got a big projector screen. So last school year, we did a team movie. So I brought all 30 kids in. We watched the movie Miracle. I got them a bunch of water and I even gave them some candy to kind of relax and sit in the comfy chairs and watch Miracle on the big screen. So, you know, the, the team bonding thing, I preach that. That's something that is so very important to me. Um, and I've been working for the past five years to, to build that. And I, you know, we've done a good job with that. You know, of course, you're going to have issues. Um, you know, I try to put kids in their rooms together that are, that I think the personalities will match. I was 100% spot on with my boys this year. <laughs> um, my boys rooms, I mean, you couldn't get, I think it's four, four rooms of boys. You couldn't get more, you know, family orientation in each of those rooms. They love spending time together and doing things together. Um, on the girl side, I made a couple mistakes, had to fix some things, but we got it figured out. Um, <laughs> But, but uh, I told you I talk a lot, I apologize. But um, yes, if they come here, that's what I'm, I sell them on that. I'm a horrible liar. If I tell you I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it to the best of my ability. And, and we do our best to have a family environment, a team environment. Um, we do miss one of our transfers who was great about writing uh, his own cheers, uh, Javier um, uh, Ronda from Spain. 
He ended up going to Bethel University this year. Him and his, and his twin sister actually both transferred there. Um, so we had a bunch of awesome team cheers the past years. And uh, again, we've only had one meet so far. So hopefully we can get back to that. But, um, you know, when people see us, you know, they, they, they know that we're a team. Sometimes they're taken aback by how loud and boisterous we can be. Two years ago, actually, Javi Ronda as a freshman year. Um, our men got second at nationals, and I was lucky to be voted uh, coach of the year on the women's side for our performance. And we're waiting for the awards, and all, we're all down there. And Javi starts doing the, the Baby Shark song. And we were getting all the other teams to do Baby Shark. And a couple of teams were looking at us like we had something wrong with us. But, I mean, the place was just rocking with baby shark and it was silly, but it was fun. The kids were having a blast and, and that's what, you know, we, we try to do. I want the kids to come and have an experience they're never gonna forget. It, it sounds fantastic. And one of the things that I wanted to ask you again with my parent hat on is how do scholarships work in the NJCAA? So in the NJCAA, we are allowed to give 15 scholarships per gender and that's of any size uh, for swimming. And that can cover, it can cover everything. Um, I will tell you that the majority of us do not have 15 scholarships to give, just like the majority of D1 programs don't have 9.9 and 14.0. Um, so I personally have a little over three scholarships per gender and I spread them out the best that I, my ability. Again, I can sign 15 kids. And that means, excuse me, that means that I can sign a kid to zero uh, just so they can sign a letter of intent and we can brag about them before they actually come. So I've done that in the past. My money was gone with 14 kids and I had a 15th kid that, you know, I wanted him to be able to have that experience of signing a letter of intent and, and getting his, the local newspaper to come and things like that. So we did that. We've, we've signed for zero before, um, but that just, you know, ties them in and things like that. But um, so each coach is different, not to throw anyone under the bus, but I, I think that the first coaches that were here from 08 to 13, I think they handed our scholarships out a little bit differently than I do. I think they put a lot of money into one or two kids. So they had some really superstars. We still have some kids on my record board from, from the 11 to 13 area era. Um, we're breaking most of them. My boys' records are almost gone. Uh, girls' records, we still have some work to do. But I tell the kids that I'm building a team and so I, I, you know, of course there's a tier, right? And if you get so much, you know, can do so well at nationals, you're gonna get kind of a higher amount. But uh, so, so that's kind of how it starts. And uh, I also personally, I recruit a lot different than a lot of D1 coaches and, and even four-year schools. I talk money almost from the jump because if it's not gonna work, I don't wanna waste anyone's time. Um, I don't play games with the money. I don't offer you a little bit and then you're gonna try to negotiate up. I'm gonna offer you what I think you're worth and what I have in my pocket. And if that works great, and if it doesn't, then you have other options. But I just, I, I hit the ball, I hit, hit, hit the ground running with it. This is what I can offer you. This is what you would pay. If this sounds good to you, then let's talk some more and I'll talk your off for an hour about our college. <laughs> well, that's great, man. It shows, it shows how much passion you have for it. <clears throat> I wanna to talk to, to you about your team's rise and prominence over the last couple of years. You mentioned two years ago, you were, you were runner up at NJCAAs and you look at your record board and you look at some of your top times over the last three or four years and there's some fast times happening. <laughs> so, so talk about you know, how you've infused your energy, your enthusiasm into the program, how it's changed culturally and, and why you, you're close now, Joe, all the time to, to knocking on the door of winning a title. 
you know, I think part of it is just, you know, again, I would be a terrible used car salesman. And so I think the kids see that. I think the parents see that, that I am passionate about this place. I'm passionate about what I do. Um, and so I think when they come in and they see what we have to offer, I think that turns a lot of people on. Um, they're like, wow, you know, it's, you know, what he said to us over the phone was right. We can see it when we come to do the campus visit. And I think that's a big part of it too, is just the support that the school has for athletics and the kids see that. And I walk down my hallway and we see all these trophies from other sports and, and, and athletic department trophies, you know, so those are all selling points. Right. But just, that's the big thing is you, you got to talk about yourself a little bit, right. When you're recruiting, you got to be, you know, let them try to get them to understand that you've done a decent job. And so we talk about where I've been in the past and some people that I've worked with in the past, but all in all, I want them to see, well, this is who we had last year and this is how they swam. Right. And when you see that those times are pretty darn fast, you know, we went up to the Rochester invite three or four years ago and we went one, two, three in the mile against a bunch of D2 and D3 pretty strong teams. You know, they're, they're not, they're not these not good teams. These are really good swim teams. And we went one, two, three in the mile. We won the 400 IM. I think we won the 100 IM and we got like second in the 100 fly. And it's always fun when someone's like, wow, you know, you guys are, you know, you're swimming really well. And, you know, you, you don't want to be like, oh, I know it's, I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate it when people see that. Um, but we use that as a selling, you know, technique with, with talking to kids that maybe haven't seen what we're doing. Um, you know, I try to improve all the time. So I'm sending out more and more information. Um, obviously, via email, I can send out links to our top times and they can see how fast we are and, you know, how things have changed. I, I made a, a last year, two, well, no, last year I made a, um, a kind of a, a season analysis um, with pictures of our, we did a first training trip last year. So we talk about that, how, again, it's a real college experience. You know, we did a, our first ever training trip last year, went to a very unique place as far as a training trip is concerned. I took the kids to New Orleans. Um, um, we, uh, we did a, we, we trained at UNO and I took the kids on a swamp tour. So they got to see, it, it's not really gator season in the middle of the winter, but they saw little tiny gators. Uh, they had some, uh, a uh, wild boar come right up to the boat. So they had a pretty cool experience with that, plus seeing downtown New Orleans. And um, so we talk about, you, you're getting these real experiences and some are very unique, right? You, you don't hear about a bunch of college teams taking their kids to New Orleans for a training trip. Um, and we're talking about going to Albuquerque, New Mexico next year, if that'll work out. But um, it's selling them on the college experience, telling them about how I, and I, and I do all that in the, in the recruiting process. I tell them what our weeks look like. You know, this is what we do on Monday. This is what we do on Tuesday, so on and so forth. These are some of the, you know, things that we've done in the weight room. And, and you know, I'm not a trained strength coach and I don't really have the money in my budget to pay for a bunch of things that, that are out there. There's some great tools out there that are, you know, but I don't have a thousand dollars to spend a year on some of this stuff. So I'm going on my experience that I've 24 years of coaching and what's worked for me, you know, knock on wood, 24 years of coaching, I've never created an injury. So I think our training and our strength stuff is working well. Um, and, and so we talk about that, you know, I had a kid that, that gained 32, he was, a, he was 5'10", 123 pounds when he came in as a freshman. So, so stick thin. And, and when he graduated, he was 155 pounds. So gained 32 pounds, but he still had a 24 inch waist. He still had six pack abs and he was dumbbell pressing 75 pounds in each hand, his last workout before nationals his sophomore year. So it seems to be working if you put the work into it and, and you want to you know, dedicate yourself to it. Um, so all these things, you know, we just stacks on top of each other and you get the kids excited about it. 
Obviously, I talk a lot, but I think that they can see that I'm excited when I'm talking to them about what we have to offer. And so, you know, we do those things. I'm just honest with them. I share with them. They, they meet some of the kids, you know, in a normal year, they're going to go through the, the, through the uh, cafeteria and they'll meet my kids because my kids are going to be always eating together. That's another thing. They see the kids sitting at two tables of eight together. They're like, wow, he wasn't kidding. They really do eat as a team. They really are, you know, a family. And their kids will come up and talk to them and tell them different things. And, you know, you, and you get, sometimes you, you're, you're, okay, what's this kid going to say now? Um, you know, and I had a girl three or four years ago and she goes, she, she came over the table, introduced herself, said who she was. And she's like, the workouts are going to be the hardest workouts you've ever done in your life. Have a nice day. <laughs> I was like, well, that was nice of you to say. I think it's a nice thing to say, but you know, maybe the kid gets scared. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> You know, it's, it's just about giving them, this is, this is your package. This is what the school is. These are your opportunities. We're racing for your schools almost exclusively. We do have a couple of D, uh, NJCA schools that are close to us, but I say close. Iowa Lakes is an hour and 15. After that, Barton is seven and a half hours away from us and a brand new school in Indiana that we're going to this year, they're seven and a half hours away. So we're racing mostly for your schools uh, between Missouri, Wisconsin, Indiana, or not Indiana, sorry, Iowa, South Dakota. Um, and so you're racing in these bigger schools and, and we win more meets than we lose too. So, I mean, I think all of those are good selling factors for kids to get excited about coming in. And, and who doesn't like the idea of helping the team move forward and be like, I came in, you know, I was second at nationals or was a national champ potentially, and I help us move forward and I can kind of put that on my chest for the rest of my life really uh unique experience and it is got to be fun to go into some of those schools and race and know that you know you are the you're the team to beat i mean that's kind of nice to to go up against some big boys like that it, it is you know and, and as far as winning like i said winning meets you know we we race a lot in ai schools and, and d3 schools and, we, and definitely in the men's side we tend to win most of those meets um and it's different with it we got scholarships and things like that but um, and our women's team, we're working on the numbers there, but even with eight or nine girls, we, we tend to win more meets than we lose. Um, I think one of our worst years maybe was last year and we still were six and five or something like that with the girls or five and three or something like that. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we you can go, go to a D1 school and, and even if you don't win the meet, but if you can win four or five events, I mean, that says a lot about the kids you have on your program and what you're doing and, you know, and I tell the kids, we're not going to be scared of anyone. We're going to not, we're not going to not schedule someone because, oh, we might get beat. I want the competition. I want the kids to see the competition. And that's how I'm doing my best to provide for them to be prepared moving on. You know, we don't win the meet, but a kid's getting some more exposure and, and beating some kids. And then he's got more, he's got more confidence, right? I know I belong here. I know once I get my grades up and graduate, I belong at a school of this caliber and I know I can go and I can be one of the top kids or I can win these events. For sure. And, and, you know, we take that in your dual meet season and we look at the NJCAA championships, that meet is legit. <laughs> Talk to us about how fast that meet is. You know, traditionally, those of us who are coaches know for years and years, Indian River, you know, just a, a legacy of success there but starting to creep up a little bit on them. And, and, and in that meet environment, you see some pretty fast times. Talk about how special that championship meet is. I'll tell you, it's, it's so awesome. You know, um, and 
you know, going way back when, right? And, and when I, my first college coaching experience was being a volunteer assistant for the University of Michigan women. And I remember the first Big Ten championship that I walked into with the girls and it was like, wow, this environment is, you know, the, the intensity is huge and it's so loud. And it just, you know, that was one of the first times I was like, I want to coach college. Um, and that, that environment, the, the Big Ten women's meet is just so amazing. And then I go out to, to California and, and we have the Big West meet and obviously it's different, but it still was, we would go down to Long Beach and an indoor pool in California, which there aren't that many of, and it was loud and it was exciting, you know? And, and I remember, um, you know, had a little lull there between I wasn't coaching, wasn't coaching college. I was just coaching club, which those meets are amazing. Also, obviously you go to us open and you're like, you know, and I've been to a couple of trials and you're like, man, this is amazing. But just that team, you know, you asked about team earlier, but the team environment of a meet like a national championship or a conference championship. And I, I seriously, I, I'll never forget my, my first year here, nationals with Buffalo. And I remember the meet starts on Wednesday and we try to get there on Monday. So we had a couple of days to kind of get ready for the meet. And I remember walking into that pool deck on, uh, on that Monday and I immediately walked in and we were the only ones, I think Indian River was practicing and we were the only other team in there. And I immediately said to myself, I never want to leave this. This is, this is what I live for, this type of environment. And that started, you know, my first meet five years ago. Um, and indoors, outdoors is different, obviously. So the indoor meet in Buffalo can get louder and it's got a little different feel. Um, but still, you're down there in, in Florida every other year and, and racing outside. Um, but, you know, you look at it, and obviously Indian River has been the team to beat for 45 years. Um, you know, they've won every national title for men since 1975 and every title for women since 1983. Um, so, you know, obviously there's that. I guess it was my third year here. Um, Southwest Oregon won the mile, um, and that was her first uh, champion was winning. So that was exciting. Um, we won our first national title. Um, with, with one of my boys in South Africa, winning the 50 breaststroke. Um, so that was exciting. Barton Community College was a second year program that year, I think my third year here. And, and he had a girl win the 50 backstroke, I believe. Um, so those things were exciting, right? To see someone else on top of the podium besides the, the, the team that always does it, right? Um, so that kind of started. And then, and then last year was a lot different for kind of a lot of us, right? Um, we won two relays. Um, they hadn't they hadn't lost a relay, and I and I didn't want to be a jerk about it. And I, I asked Manny, I'm like, dude, I don't want to be a jerk. I know it just happened, but have you guys ever lost a relay? And he goes, you're not being a jerk. I don't think we've ever lost a relay. <laughs> I've looked through the I've looked through the results. One time the men didn't win because I'm pretty sure they got DQ'd in prelims because they weren't listed at all. Um, but other than that, they hadn't lost. And we won the first relay of the night of the meet. And excitingly enough, um, we got third in the 200 medley, which was a bummer, but Barton Community College won that. So we won uh, two relays, Barton won a relay. And to me, that was a big shift, you know, in that there are more teams that can put together some fast squads. Um, I think Barton won two other events. We won two, we won three individuals plus the two relays. Barton won two or three individuals, I think. Um, and, and uh, Sandra up at Southwest Oregon, she's, she's such an amazing coach for, she's out in the middle of nowhere, Oregon, 
and, and just producing some really great swimmers up there. And the kids always come in and drop amazing amounts of time. Um, and same, that's what Barton did last year. Barton just lit it up last year. Um, so it, it's fun, you know, we, we cheer for each other, you know, and I, you know, and I, you know, sometimes people will say I come across as gruff maybe and I'm on the pool deck because I'm so focused on my own kids. Um, and I'm the old man with the gray beard, but um, you know, I pulled the relay aside and I'm like, I want you to understand how amazing it is that you guys won this relay. And the kids are like, well, I just saw the coach congratulating us, but they were like, thanks. We really appreciate it. Cause it was a big deal, you know, and I, I want them to understand how much of a big deal it was, even though it wasn't my guys. Right. Um, and so just to see more and more fast swimming and the more fast swimming there is, the more challenge there is for all of us. And that's going to raise the game for everybody because the kids are going to rise to the challenge. Right. And so that's the goal. I just, I really, your enthusiasm resonates deeply and, and you can see it's palpable on your face, uh, how passionate you are about the sport in general, but also the sport where you are and what you're doing in, in junior college swimming right now. And it's great to see some parody. Of course, we, you know, as people, we love legacy and we love tradition. And as swimming coaches and swimming people, we appreciate so much Indian River and what they've contributed to the sport but it's fun to see some parody and to make that meet closer and to create an environment where great performances are possible because of the energy um, and you talk about that I really enjoy seeing that now Joe after your season's over and you finish uh, the national championship season what are you guys what, what are your guys and gals doing in the summertime are they staying on campus and training with you are they going home and doing work at home yeah, they're going home. Um, we don't we don't train on campus um, because there's my kids live on campus. Um, we very rarely have had anyone live off campus, um, and the dorms aren't traditionally really open. We have special cases for international kids and things like that that might have some issues. We've had some that Venezuelan boy I told you about. It was he's not been home. He just gra he's graduating next uh, this semester, by the way, uh, with a bachelor's degree. But he's not been home in four years to Venezuela. Uh, so when he was here, we did, they, the school was very generous and, and gave him a place to stay. But for the most part, the kids are going to go home and, and train in, in their facilities and with their club coaches and in some cases, high school coaches, it depends on what town they're from. And, um, you know, the kids that I get from Iowa, a lot of them, there aren't, we got club swimming here in Iowa, but some kids are from kind of out in the middle of nowhere. They might not necessarily be club swimming. And um, so I, the kids will ask me to send them workouts once in a while, and they'll go and maybe do some workouts at lap swimming and things like that. But um, you know, one of my big things, uh, and it's, you know, it's almost sacrilege for, for coaches to say this, but I've had some kids that have kind of had some mental and emotional issues from the long season. And they're like, you know, I, I had one boy that almost didn't come to us as a freshman. He had so much pressure put on him in high school and he's such a hard worker, like one of the best kids you'll ever meet as far as a human being. But he, um, and I was coaching him at the club level at the time. And came into my office and he was just bawling. He's like, I don't think I can do it. I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's talk about this for a minute. What's, what's happening? What are, what are you, what are you thinking about? And, and uh, so I actually was like, okay, after he told me some things that he was thinking or whatever, and I, and I knew what his history had been. I'm like, you know what? Take the summer off. Um, I want you to stay fit. So I want you to maybe do some triathlons or he liked to longboard. I'm like, go and do your longboarding and have fun with that stay physically fit, stay physically active, and, and we'll come back to it. And this is a kid that was, you know, for Iowa, he was runner up at our high school state at 50.6 in the 100 fly, which was pretty good. 
um, three or four years ago. And um, he went, um, gosh, what did he go? He was 50.6. I think he went 49.9 as a freshman. So not a huge drop, but he won a lifetime best. And he went from 200, 200 fly to 152. Well, then he went 148, 200 fly his second year and did the same thing. Didn't swim in the summer, longboarded, did some hiking in the mountains and things like that to just stay active. But he went best times two years in a row taking a break. Um, is swimming, you know, better? Yeah, probably. Um, but, you know, some of those kids, I want to take care of them, you know, their, their mental side of it, the emotional side of it, and make sure that everything they're doing, they love. And um, he put 100% into everything I asked him to do for two full years. You know, he, we had some, uh, some personnel issues on the swimming side his freshman year, and our boys were only fifth. Um, we had a great experience, and those boys were amazing. Um, we could have been better with keeping personnel. Um, but then his sophomore year we, was the year we were second. So he kind of got to go through both of those things, kind of the low spot where we were rebuilding and, and making kids understand what the expectations were. And then his sophomore year, we, we you know, get, get the trophy, get the runners up trophy and, and do the exciting things that, that he kind of missed out on a little bit. Um, so it's, it's just a long way around, I guess, to, to get to what your question was, but um, the international kids, for sure, they go home and train because they've got nationals and they got meets and things like that. Um, me personally, I really try to develop relationships with the kids. I think it's one of the biggest things that we can do as coaches. One of my biggest bright spots is when I get that Facebook friend request from a 35 year old kid that I coached 20 years ago, and now they've got their own kids and, you know, maybe their kids are in swimming or something else. And just to know that we had a good impact on them. Right. Um, and, and so try to do that even now. And so the kids will text me over the summer and they'll be like, Hey, I had this workout or this time, or I went to this fun thing and thought about you or whatever it is. But, um, so yeah, it's, it's not, not a D one program from that standpoint, they're not staying on. We're not going doing traveling and doing meets together. Um, and actually we couldn't, NJCA has some more lenient rules than some divisions, but some more strict rules than other divisions. When we're not in season, the most I could ever see them would be eight hours per week. Um, and so when we're out of season, once they've signed with us and once they're here, we can do eight hours per week outside of season, but we wouldn't be able to do doubles and things like that in the summertime. And um, so it would be a little bit different if they did. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and it, you, some of the things you mentioned there are a great segue to my next few questions, which are so much is to be made this day and age about the coach athlete relationship. And something that's very important to the coaches corner show in general is how coaches are relating to athletes on their teams and what are we doing to meet them in their space as humans before we begin coaching them. And that's been something that that's been a thread that's been very deeply uh, woven this year on our, on our program. So what are some of the things that, that you or your staff do to create spaces for your athletes to just be themselves outside of swimming? In some ways that could be challenging because they live with four other swimmers generally. Um, but, you know, again, they, they kind of know those things ahead of time. And, um, but the kids themselves, you know, it's part of the maturing process and things like that. They help take care of each other. Um, you know, they, they do a good job of letting me know if there's an issue that I've got to, to address, you know. So-and-so seems to be having a hard time. You know, we're, we as teammates are, you know, supportive or whatever, but, you know, maybe something coming from you would be better. Um, and I think, obviously being as honest as possible is super important. So I, 
in the recruiting process, I tell the kids, I'm always here for you, no matter what it is. Um, but we do have a counselor on campus. We have nurses on campus. We have other coaches that they get to know. Um, you know, one great thing about our, our campus is not only do we have RAs, but because we have such a large athletic department and we try to save money by still providing the best ex uh, experience possible, the majority of our assistant coaches actually live on campus in the dorms and they kind of act as RAs also. Um, so sometimes they, the kids might start bonding with a coach from another sport um, that they see doing rounds and things like that. Um, so they know that they have that support. I'm 46 years old, but I still act like a kid sometimes, you know, and there's that separation, of course. I'm never, they know that I'm not going to be their buddy, but I'm going to be friendly with them and we're going to joke around and we're going to have fun things. And I'm going to ask them how their weekend was. And, um, and the kids, they reciprocate that, you know, like Monday morning, coach, did you watch the football game? what do you think about the football game? Right. Um, before that, who do you think is going to win? Why do you think that they're going to win? You know, there's a new swim swam uh, article about, do you think Shane Cassis is going to make the Olympic team? One of my boys is like one of the biggest swimming nerds. And so him and I are going back and forth and our thoughts about that on the bus last yesterday. And some of the kids are like, coach, don't argue with Andrew. Andrew knows everything about swimming. <laughs> um, so we, and, and that's the other part too, is, you know, kind of very unique. So not, we don't have our own facility. So I drive the kids on the bus. I'm the bus driver for the team. Um, so the school has our own um, anywhere from 25 to 56 passenger buses, and I can drive all of them. So I, I reserve a bus, I pick the kids up. And so we get to have those kind of fun little, it's only a five to 10 minute drive, but um, I get to hear the kids talking in the background, right? When they're joking with each other about what their day was and stuff and silly stuff, whether it's a video game or a new app on the phone or a TV show or just something silly one of their teammates did. So I get to hear all that stuff. Um, and interject my, my words of wisdom sometimes. But it's, I, I think a big part of that is just that, that family atmosphere that we talked about before. Some of them come from different backgrounds, right? And so some of them aren't as comfortable sharing with an adult as you know, other kids gravitate to me, right? And they wanna talk to me and they wanna come visit me in my office. And some kids you kind of gotta pry them out of their comfort zone and, and get them to kind of open up a little bit more. Um, but, but the more they, they, the more they know that you care about them and love them, then the more that they're going to trust you and the more that they're going to open up about those things. And um, again, we tell them it's a college experience, so I don't expect them telling me they're going to miss practice a whole lot. But once in a while, if something's, you know, if they're honest with me and tell me what's going on, certain things, I'm like, hey, I get it. Take a nap or go call your mom or whatever it is. And um, But like you said, it's, uh, it's treating the person, not the athlete, right? And I, that's one thing when I recruit kids too, I'm like, if you're a respectable human being, I think that's got to be number one. If you're a respectful human being and you're willing to work hard and you want to be part of a family, then no matter what your times are, you've got a spot here and we'll figure the rest out. I love it, man. I love it. And it sounds to me like if I'm a parent, this is a coach who's going to be around my son or daughter all the time. And, and my son or daughter is going to have access to this coach. And that's so important probably more access than you than you might if you're at you know a Michigan or a Stanford or a place like that and that's not to say that those coaches don't care those coaches do an exceptional job but here you are four o'clock or whatever time you have practice everybody's jumping into the bus and you're hearing the full gamut of how the day went I mean that's an incredibly lucky thing for you to be able to do it, it really is and I, and I and I do view it that way and people ask like oh does it get tiring 
yeah, I mean, going into the computer and requesting the bus every single day and, you know, it's 45 minutes earlier than I would normally have to get ready for practice because I got to go get the bus, get the bus warmed up and go get them and, and things like that. Um, but it is a fun part to have those, just, just those extra few minutes to chat with them about whatever. Sometimes they're tired and they don't talk a whole lot. Saturday morning, I pick them up for Saturday morning practice. Not a whole lot of talking first thing in the morning on Saturday. But, you know, generally speaking, it, it, it is. And I, I do feel fortunate that I have that opportunity with them. It's really neat and, and very unique. And as a parent, I mean, your, your parents have got to really appreciate your time, effort, and attitude. Tell me what the NJCAA championships are going to look like this year. We, have a, we do have a few teams that are opting out. Um, I know there's some teams that, that maybe weren't allowed to participate. Some teams in your state, uh, in New York, they, they've got some really strict regulations. Um, but uh, we are, I think we've got 13 to 15 teams right now. We do have a couple new teams. Um, Ancilla College in, in Northern Indiana, they're a brand new team. And I believe we have a new team down in the Florida Keys. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Um, and so, but the majority of the teams are coming. Again, there's maybe, I'm hoping it's only three. I think it's around three teams have said they're not coming. They also, we do have cut times. Um, and in a normal year, and this is the way I always sell it, our cut times are really quite easy. Placing at national is a different story, um, especially for the guys' side. We have way more men than we have women um, at the meet. And being top 16 is a lot different than qualifying for the meet. Um, but most of the kids should have a chance to qualify. But because of teams not doing it, because of teams being really hampered in their ability to even compete this year, um, they eliminated cut times. You can only take 18. So you can, eight, take eight, you can take 18 and a diver. We only have, um, the kids can do four events, well, four individuals, and they can do eight total. Um, I believe a diver is listed as a quarter um, because the kids can do so many events. Um, so 18 total, so technically they could bring 17 swimmers and four divers, that'd be the 18. But uh, so we can bring 18, and so there's no cut time. So some of the teams are a little bit bigger. Um, we don't have that many this year. Um, COVID plus some other things kind of knocked our numbers down a little bit. So we're, we're going to be we're going to be in Florida. It's it's going to be April 28th to May 1st. We're going. Barton's going. Talking to Sandra at Southwest Oregon, and they're one of the teams to beat and she just got permission to start planning to go so she was nervous about it she was really excited and now I'm really excited that she's kind of going to be there obviously Indian River is going to be there um, just talked to Erie today and he told me he was coming South Georgia which is another perennial powerhouse um, they're coming good chunk of teams are going to be going um, and hopefully we have full heats and stuff I mean there's always events you know we we offer another unique thing about the NJCA we offer the 50s of stroke we offer the 100 IM um, for the distance kids, they get the thousand. So it's only us in D2 where they get the thousand. And so the kids have a lot of opportunities to do diff different things, regardless of what their background is or what their specialty is. Um, so we're, we're hoping for some, obviously some really fast competition again, but it, it should, it's going to be fun. And we're going to, I preach to my kids every day right now, especially after NEI canceled and D3 canceled. They need to be grateful that for one, we have practice today. For two, we get to go to swim meets. And for three, we have nationals. They need to be grateful for these opportunities that we're given when other swimmers aren't having that opportunity. So, you know, if we're grateful and excited and work hard towards our goals, then the rest of it will be, you know, extra. And so, but we're, we're excited to go down to nationals and it's, it's still going to be a high energy and hopefully really fast meet. Yeah, man. Perspective. 
you know, so important. And, and I'm so glad for you and your team and your athletes that you get that opportunity because, you know, like, uh, like you said, a lot of us, especially in the Northeast, you know, we haven't been on our home pool deck since March right. of 2020. And uh, so I'm, I'm so thankful that you guys have that opportunity. Joe, are you ready for your quick fire questions? Sure. Okay, man. The first one's going to make you laugh, I think. Okay. Longer storyteller, John or Banchek or Jim Richardson. And there's a qualifier. This does not count Coach Richardson's fishing stories. <laughs> um, my experience would be John. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I wanted to ask you that. Will Jim Harbaugh get the ship righted at Michigan? Wow, there's a loaded question. Um, and, and I'll tell you, you know, it's, 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 people see all sides of it, right? And he's making so much money. And, and, uh, but you know what? The kids aren't getting in trouble and they're graduating. And I think that there's something to be said for that, right? I can't imagine he doesn't. I mean, he did such a great job at Stanford and, and even, even though I don't think he's real great with full-grown men, he did a pretty good job himself with uh, San Francisco as well. I think he's got, he's got some things to get figured out, but if they're going to keep him there, I sure hope so. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, I think there might be something else going on that we don't know about some challenges. He's just too good of a coach, in my opinion. And he and uh, Mike Bottom are good friends. They, I think they are they. Up. Yeah. All right. Next question: Does it take a sub twenty-one second performance in Tokyo to win the men's fifty freestyle? Absolutely. I like it. I like it. There's, there's three or four guys right now knocking on the door. Yep. I, I, I think for sure. I, I think that's, that's going to be a pretty fun race to watch for sure. Does Katie Ledecky break the eight minute mark for the first time in history? <laughs> um, wow. Well, you know, uh, she's training with my good friend, Greg Meehan out there. We worked together for two years and uh, I want to say that he's got her working pretty hard and we know she's a competitor. So I'm going to say yes on that one. I love it. I love it. I, uh, my first few years coaching was at Marist college and his first few years coaching the same conference was, uh, at Ryder. So, uh, I always big fan of Greg and the work that he's done yeah. coach. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on coach's corner today. How can people get in touch with you, Joe, if they have further questions about, uh, your school about Iowa central or about, uh, swimming at the junior college level. Uh, so my last name is plain like airplane, really easy. So it's plain at iowacentral.edu. I'm just like the kids. I'm on my phone way too much. So my emails come to my phone and I'm going to see them all the time. That's probably the easiest would be to email me at, at my college um, thing. We do have Facebook and Instagram um, and Twitter as well. They're, um, I believe all three of them, are, well, Facebook is Iowa Central Swimming. And then the other two are ICCC Swimming. Um, generally, if you look for Joe Planner, you look for Iowa Central Swimming, you should find us. Um, but uh, I ended up, I think I talked way too much about myself. I wanted to put more on, on junior college swimming in general. Um, but, uh, you know, people are looking to swim in college and save some money. We have some amazing coaches out there at these programs around the country. Like I said, Georgia, Kansas, down in Barton, um, several in your neck of the woods. Um, up and most of them are actually in New York, in New York, but we got new new teams sprouting up, and it's a great way to save some money and have some really great experiences and make lifelong friends. And then, you know, one thing that I tell the kids too, um, again, I know it's not what you asked me, but um, if you transfer to the University of Michigan, let's say, 
after coming to Iowa Central first. Your bachelor's degree still says Michigan on it. It doesn't matter that you weren't there the first two years. You know, if you transfer to Yale or Harvard, it still says Yale and Harvard on that diploma on the wall. That's what it says. Um, so it's, it's not choosing junior college over a four-year school. It's choosing both and trying to do it intelligently and save yourself some money. And we just, we, we've got a lot of great coaches in the NJCA, junior college out in California as well. They're just a different organization. Um, great coaches with great swimming going on where you can save some money. And um, so you want to talk to me about that? I'll, I'll sell myself. I'll, I'll, I'll put you in touch with some other people that can help you if you want to stay closer to home. Um, but I'm, I'm open to talk to anybody. As you can tell, I talk a lot. I'm willing to talk about swimming all day long. You know, I wanted to give you a chance to to promote the Facebook group that you started because that's a really great source of information. Uh, yeah, we it's uh, I think it's college swimming coaches. Is that what I named it? <laughs> um, someone I've got a couple of likes here today, I think college um, swimming recruiting. There it is. College swimming recruiting. Yep. Um, so it's a it is a closed group. I didn't want there to be a bunch of garbage going on with that, but anybody can join. Um, you know, and I talk on there more than anybody else. I'm open, I'm open for more people sharing some things, but, um, like you said, and one thing you said, and I, not, not to be mean, but you said about being new there, college NJCA was actually a much larger 10 years ago. Um, we've got some new teams coming in now, but we unfortunately lost some really great teams. Daytona state college, they were right there with Indian river. Um, Darton down in Georgia, they were right there. And those top three teams were, were just amazing. And it's really sad that we lost some of those teams. And so um, I would fight tooth and nail to help someone start a program if they've got access to a facility. I would love to see more. Um, but just for, for parents to understand, you know, what their options are, you know. And I went to NAI. I was a horrible swimmer. I found a great school that would take me to swim NAI. That's a great path as well. Um, but of course, I'm going to preach NJCA the best that I can and junior college the best that I can. Um, but yeah, join that Facebook group. Um, you know, ask any questions you have. I'll answer them. I'm probably on there more than anybody else. But, you know, um, Eric Skelly from University of Cumberland, him and I are good friends. And I had him become one of the administrators so that he can accept people and, and comment on there. Um, and and uh, other coaches are, you know, by means. I, I was a D1 coach, but I'm not certified with that. I haven't taken that test in 10 years, I think it's been. So some things have changed. I don't know all the answers for some of those things, but I know most of them where I can do a search and find them for people. Um, but my, my goal is to get, you know, they talk about 7% of kids. I think it's something like that, right? Seven and a half percent of college, uh, high school athletes going to, to participate in college. And it's just sad that it's 7% because I know there are more openings for more kids to participate, uh, whether it's NAI, D3, or us, um, you know, there's a place if someone wants to participate, you know, we just had someone ask on the, on the uh, recruiting page, this person's a really good student, but a, not a very good swimmer, one of the worst swimmers on their team. I'm like, if, again, my thing, and I think a lot of coaches would agree, if you're a good person, willing to work hard, and you want to be part of a family, you can find a home. And, and if you're willing to, to do a little bit of work to find that right place to where you fit in well, then you can find a home. And I really highly encourage 
student athletes from the high school level to pursue it. Don't give up on it. Don't think that you're done. You know, give yourself the opportunity to be part of a family, right? When you go to college, you're not just stuck with your roommate. You got 30 or plus family members from day one. And that makes college just that much more fun and exciting and, and fulfilling. Boy, that, that's our first clip right there. That's the trailer that's going to hit later this evening when we put this up on the website. So uh, thank you for that great soundbite uh, on, the, on the outro here, Coach. Uh, really, just, just a great 63 minutes, Joe, and uh, so appreciative that I got time to get to know you better uh, and not just you know through message or email. And it sounds like you just have a wonderful program and you really are passionate about junior college swimming and what opportunities it offers for student athletes from all over, not just this country, from all over the world. Yep. I, I so appreciate your passion and enthusiasm. This episode of Coach's Corner will be available tonight, probably by around seven o'clock Eastern. And uh, look forward to uh, people tuning in to watch this, Joe. And I'll be in touch with you to let, let you know how it's doing. And we're going to promote it as best we can. So thanks so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Mike. Anytime. And uh, we'll see everybody back here next week on the Coach's Corner. Stay tuned, keep swimming fast.